Welcome to Mental Health Film Comment. This is Brian here with you. The 1995 film Safe, uh, the uh, Todd Haynes film with Julianne Moore concerns a homemaker in 1980s uh, Los Angeles dealing with the effects of environmental illness. And in many respects, a horror film, I, I, would, I would say. Joining us today to talk about many of, of the film's um, themes and, and topics covered in the film is Molly from No Railings Podcast. Uh, Molly, thank you so much for being here today. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about this because our podcasts have so much overlap. No Railings is a podcast where we watch movies and we talk about environmental health topics. Mm -hmm. So when I saw you were looking for people to go on to your podcast and you recommended this movie, like mm -hmm. so up both of our alleys, mm -hmm. very excited, very good film considering I don't like horror typically. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. You mentioned the, um, and I think I mentioned the word horror also, and it really is a, a horror movie in many ways, not the more traditional, you know, boogeyman, you know, Jason and the, you know, whoever's in the you know attic waiting to kill people sense of horror but in a, in a very real insidious it could happen in real life type of horror film yes and yeah i was watching with my husband and he mentioned at at one part of the film because she's a she's a homemaker and one of the the themes that i picked up on that i i kind of noticed i don't know if it was intentional was um the monotony of homemaking especially in the 80s and you know, he said out loud, wow, they do a really good job of making you feel her monotony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, oh, and, and I did want to briefly mention, um, for those who might be going through a hard time right now, there are a, a couple different crisis text lines available. There is, in the U.S., you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741. In the U.K., you can text SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, to 85258, depending on where you are in the world, um, check your local listings, um, as they say, because there, there is help available. Uh, but well, you, you are correct, though, as far as the, the monotony, that uh, is one of the recurring themes. And uh, the opening line, you know, one of the early scenes about, oh, the, 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 the couch is teal or something, so it's a line about uh, having everything just and it, it, yeah, it does seem like the the uh, interruption and the convenience with the illness going on disrupted that sense of monotony, and yes. her life's not as predictable now. Uh, in many ways, <laughs> comparable to <laughs> a lot of anxiety disorder type issues, which mm. which there. And I got to say, as someone who has had a panic attack uh, most recently in the last two weeks at the time we're recording this, um, that the depiction in SAFE, which is, I don't think it's depicted as an anxiety attack per se, but it sort of is, is one of the most accurate depictions that I've seen in a film, which is part of the reason why the film, I think I've seen it maybe like 10 times at least, easily. <laughs> Wow. I, think I, saw, yeah. I, saw it, I saw it in theaters, I think maybe three times. I saw it on video, <laughs> on, VH, on VHS. And VHS was a horrible, uh, it wasn't widescreen on VHS. The VHS was like pan and scan, or which is like chopped up. Right. I nearly had a heart attack when I saw the VHS tape because the picture quality was just butchered. 
<laughs> thankfully, sure. thankfully, the, v the VHS obviously is kind of makes that a mute point. But if you're one of the unfortunate few to have seen this on VHS, um, I feel your pain. Believe me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Are you talking about you're talking about her anxiety attack? That's the one where she's at the the um, the party for her friend and yeah, she has like the, a kid on her lap. right? Exactly. on the baby shower yes. scene. That's I, I I've um, never had a full on uh, panic attack. I've had like anxiety yeah. attacks before but like full-on panic attack i do know people who have and like when i was watching that scene i i definitely had the thought like oh this this isn't necessarily an environmental illness this is feels more like a panic attack which yeah. uh, you, of course environmental environmental stressors can lead to those things um or stress related to the environment but it was I think that's one thing the film did very well. There's a lot you could talk about and unpack in this film is that they never really confirm or deny if what she had was quote unquote environmental sensitivities or environmental yeah, illness. It's exactly. Yeah. Very open-ended. And it's one of um, probably one of my favorite endings in a movie. I'm, I'm not spoiling anything by, by saying that I'll, I'll keep that intentionally vague. Okay. Uh, Cause that, that, that does speak to what you just said. I mean, it does leave it open to interpretation the one of the things that really um, drove home and, and does drive home the point that it is many, many you know, obviously it's um, there's some dramatic license, you know, telling a story as with any film, but I can vouch that there is environmental illness as depicted in this film, because when I was little, remember there were, there were some kids in the neighborhood whose parents had them not quite the boy in the bubble kind of thing but they had to have them outside uh outside sunlight outside mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. not daylight but, but just sunlight um so and they and they were very uh, particular about what they could do outside so that was like an early childhood memory someone yeah. who would not be out of place in this film so i i, I can vouch that some of this is very real yeah, and I do really, one of the interesting, cool parts about the movie from my side of things, because my background is environmental health, which is the field of how the environment affects your health. Now, granted, most of my knowledge, almost all of my knowledge is physical. You know what I mean? How the environment can physically affect your health, not mentally. Exactly. But there is, she experiences physiological symptoms. She has a nosebleed. She has a seizure. And um, I actually listened to a really great podcast. Um, have you ever listened to Invisibilia by NPR? I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. NPR's got like this whole smorgasbord of different oh, podcasts. I love so NPR. Yeah. I, I mean, I could speak for days on that. Yeah. But Invisibilia yeah. has an episode um, that was apparently a little controversial. But the whole subject of it was there are particularly young women who are experiencing extreme pain. Mm -hmm. And the sort of thought they have right now is that they are part of it is quote unquote mental, but it's more that their brain is processing seemingly innocuous stimuli like fans or fabrics as a super threat. And so it's making them feel this intense pain because their brain thinks threat. Um, and the, the controversy came, I think, because they were exploring a treatment that is literally putting people through this pain in order to get their brain to think not a threat, not a threat, not a threat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there are definitely 
chemicals in the environment that can affect your health. I mean, formaldehyde is a huge one. Classic. That's the first thing I thought with the couch controversy. Um, Formaldehyde is a carcinogen that is present in a shocking number of materials. And it's something you could test for, right? Which is great. But it is also a thing that a lot of people can get anxiety about and can lead to actual health issues. So I guess where I'm going with this is it's interesting because in some ways they're not that far off. There are a lot of things in the environment that can affect your health, but also being overly stressed about things in your environment can lead to a lot of anxiety, right? Like exactly, exactly. the whole thing. No, um, the other thing that kind of is, uh, is neat about safe is it's almost like a, it's like a, a before picture. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, have you seen those pictures where there were pictures taken pre-COVID and then during COVID, during lockdown? And they, they, there were pictures of, of, of lakes and streams and oceans and city yeah. landscapes before and, and during lockdown. And during lockdown, it was a night and day difference. Right. Night and day. I mean, you would not recognize the same city. And safe in it feels like a, a before picture with all this going on. It doesn't feel like an after picture. And the other thing that um, from, from a mental health um, perspective is it, it, it has a none too subtle commentary on self-help and yes. uh, the, the, the desperate, what, what some people would say is desperate. Some people would say it's not desperate. It's just, you know, so be that as it may, uh, it does kind of satirize that level of self-help and that level of looking for more answers above and beyond the existing answers. Yeah, there was there was so much to chew on. Um, I mean, I'm sure for anybody, but especially for me, because again, my background is environmental health. So I understand that worrying too much about these things is is pointless and is going to lead to a lot of really I mean, dark paths for people, you know, people who try to do their own research on a lot of things, if they don't have a background in chemistry or biology or something along those lines, they're probably going to run into a lot of information that's going to sound very scary. Like Mm -hmm. trying to do your own research on chemicals is so challenging because chemicals are complicated and chemicals interactions with our bodies are complicated. I, um, one of my favorite examples of this from chemistry class is something called chirality. So it's the idea that a chemical, uh, can be mirrored. So it's the exact same, like boiling point and same compounds or same chemicals in that. I shouldn't say chemicals, the same atoms basically in that, but it's like your hands where the way that they're configured is mirrored. Um, so when you have a chiral molecule, uh, a fun example of that is that is that K A I R O. It's C I C H I R A L. Okay, 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 okay. So C okay yes. C H A R. Okay, got it. And Wikipedia actually, I looked it up on Wikipedia trying to find a, a fun, cute example and yeah. super easy to understand page in my opinion. But yeah. um, a super cute, fun example is the same quote unquote molecule has with these two hand difference, this mirrored difference, mm-hmm. it can smell totally different because of the way our body processes it. So um, let me see. I'm going to try to pull up my example. Mm-hmm. It was 
the example was carvone, which is a, a ketone, it's a type of chemical, from spearmint and from caraway, which are totally different smells. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But more, if you're just looking at, uh, if you're just looking at an ingredients list and you don't have background and you just Google one thing, you might end up accidentally looking up the completely wrong thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And there is, um, I don't say an ongoing debate, but there's so not quite a debate, but there tends to be polarized opposites in uh, treatment of mental illness, meaning that mm -hmm. there is one camp who is nomads, you know, vitamins and exercise, blah, blah, blah. And the other polar opposite, oh, definite meds and you know, neither side's wrong neither you know whatever whatever works for, for someone uh, but, but point being is that you're talking about chemicals you're putting in in your body so whether someone's on a rah rah yes on, on meds or no meds either way you would want to include your doctor in that conversation because one of the things that i right. do find more than a little troubling is when people look to you know, the University of, of Google yeah. <laughs> to make their healthcare choices rather than consulting, you know, at the very minimum, a, a pharmacist to get right. an informed decision on that. And because I, I am supportive of those who, who want to taper off meds, as just as I'm supportive of those who, who are work out a game plan with meds. So mm -hmm. it's not about that, but more about including a qualified health professional. An informed decision. That, exactly, exactly. Yes. So that is absolutely a very, very good point. Um, well, yeah, and I, I mean, minor spoiler that she yeah. ends up talking to a, like a health guru. And on that same idea of she, she kind of goes to a psychologist and psychologist, it seems like kind of blows her off. And when you get that kind of treatment from a medical professional, <laughs> of course you're going to turn to someone who wants to listen to your individual problems. You know what Correct. I mean? Like, of course she's going to go to this health guru who is more than vested in her as a person and trying to find individualized attention. Correct. Like, yeah. yeah. And one of the things that every time I see, every time I watch safe, the one thing that kind of creeps me out more and more, the older I get is how, um, what a jerk her husband is, who we, who we only see at the beginning of the movie, but he is just very dismissive. He's not really appreciative of what she's going through. I mean, in one, in one scene, he like, you know, gets upset and he like throws his watch against the wall or something like that. Yeah. So there's, so he's married to someone who's, who's hurting and he, he, he doesn't give a flip about, okay, well, gee, what can I do to, you know, he doesn't have that sense of, you know, gee, what, you know, my wife's hurting. What can I do? You know what I mean? That, that, that no, I, sense of uh, concern <laughs> yeah. is just, just completely lacking. At the, the movie opens on a, on a sex scene. That's yeah. all on her, the wife's yeah. face. Yeah. And she looks unhappy. She doesn't yeah. look like she wants to be having sex yeah. with this man. Yeah. And, you know, part of why he throws the watch is she says she has a headache. He's yeah. like, you can't have a headache every night of the week. And he throws his watch. <laughs> it's like, God, do you blame her for having pretend? Even if I'm not saying she was pretending, but like, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. blame her for pretending yeah. Yeah. if that was her experience. And I thought it's funny you say that he was unsupportive because I think in the modern context he is. But 
I wonder if for an 80s husband, the fact that he was even willing to let, quote unquote, let his wife go to a psychiatrist. Like, yeah, yeah. That was kind of groundbreaking. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not positive. I was not a wife in the 80s, but it seems yeah. like it would have been. It would have gotten more mainstream because I think that's the era when you had, you know, beginnings of Oprah and the beginnings of right. you know, Donahue on TV. Mm-hmm. And that's when a lot of those conversations made it to everyone's, you know, living room. Right. Having those. Um, and I think even to a certain extent, I think there might have been psychologists or psychiatrists. I think Joyce Brothers, you know, being a prime example, who would be on late night TV all the time. Mm. Um Joyce Brothers and I, I I should know who Joyce Brothers is and I believe she's a psychologist I'm sure maybe a lot of angry angry people like even me how, how do you not know who Joyce Brothers is but I, I guess she was a, um and then she was in some movies I think even sometimes mm-hmm. you're in a movie like from the it might have been 70s era I think her 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 um most biggest era of popularity would have been in the 70s for uh, Joy, Joyce Brothers interesting um, but um but yeah um but there is a lot of overlap as far as the discourse about environmental and and the mental health. Mm-hmm. There is a, a huge overlap. Yeah, that. and there's a lot of talk these days in the environmental health field and the public health field, which is kind of environmental health is under the bigger umbrella of yeah. public health, about turning attention to mental health because being stressed about climate change is a very real, very serious thing. Being lately being stressed about COVID very serious, very real thing. Um, You know, instances of uh, drinking in women have been on the rise. Like there's a lot of things around us that are, we, I guess we wouldn't necessarily consider controllable. You know, it's one thing to be stressed about your job or your marriage or something that is quote unquote in your control. Not that it always is, but quote unquote, but the being stressed about something as big as the environment, you know what I mean? And how there are, there's also like a, a growing body of knowledge about, you know, kind of what might have at a time been seen as like woo woo science, where it's like green bathing, being out in nature lowers cortisol levels. It lowers your stress levels, like exercise, which is part of whether your access to exercise is part of your environment. I mean, if you live in a area that's not particularly safe or an area that is really close to a highway where there's a lot of car exhaust and you can't be outside, or if you have a really small space, harder to exercise, that's an environmental health problem. Or if you do exercise, of course, then you're exposing yourself to potentially other issues like the car exhaust. And um, it's definitely a growing body of research in I think both fields, the environmental health and mental health field. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and on that point, I did want to mention um, for those who are listening today and might be going through a really bad time and they might not even be getting out of bed today um, and, and they are listening to this here again as, as <laughs> sure. more bad news. I, I want to just emphasize, emphasize that point because it's not all bad news. There no. is <laughs> the fact that there are people taking action to prevent things from getting worse is a good thing it's not you know so right. talking about this in and of itself even though it's a you know not a you know the most positive of, of news there is a definite positive and a definite good news that you're talking about this that there are groups around the world talking about this that there are people doing what they can to rate to keep this on people's you know 
keeps keep on, you know, front and center. So, mm-hmm. so anybody listening who might feel, um, you know, depressed or discouraged or whatnot, you know, <laughs> hearing this, I just want to emphasize: please do not feel discouraged or anything of that sort, because the fact that we are having this conversation means that there are other people outside of this podcast who are talking about this as well. And when you have lots of people talking about it, then that leads to changes in legislation, like changes in public policy, changes in, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Granted, which all of, you know, may move at a snail's pace in some cases, uh, but (laughs) it is at the end of the day, good news to be talking about. Um, so I just, yeah. I just I just want to emphasize that for those who might be listening and, I, and hearing, um, you know, all, all bad yeah. news. <laughs> I also I have a resource for that, yeah. which is um, there's a couple um, like there's always fun like blogs and environmental sustainability, like pr- like anything that progresses sustainability will almost certainly also help human health. That's just a really happy coincidence of being sustainable. So sustainability news is usually good for your environment, for your health. As is, I found in my research, because I was looking up chemical safety stuff, I found saferchemicals.org, which is a group who is dedicated to helping people with chemical safety. They do a lot of legislation stuff and lobbying. Um, they also have news on their website and I kind of did a quick browse of it. And a lot of it is, you know, this company is phasing out this chemical. This company is phasing out this chemical. This ca- company is doing this research. Like it, it is a lot of good news. Yeah. The more, as much as it is hard to talk about and it's hard to know the limit of where to start and stop your research, you know, cause sometimes it's easy yeah, to spiral. Yeah. Um, I think the more we talk about it, the better it is, because even if legislation is moving at a snail's pace, conversations on Twitter aren't conversations with lobbyists aren't. And those conversations can cause companies to make changes before people even do before legislation even does. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And even from the, the, you know, the, the, the meds, you know, thing that I had alluded to earlier, mm-hmm. it's even good news for that because the one thing, you know, pro or con everyone agrees with, at least <laughs> I should just say everyone, maybe most people agree with, <laughs> is that meds suck. And the reason people think meds suck is because all the horrible side effects and, you know, the different dependency issues for, for some um, classes of meds. So the fact that there may be changes in, um, in, in, in the compounding and uh, manufacturing of these right. meds would be a good thing. Oh, and more I mean, research be, too. So yeah, much more, more research. Rog- yeah. So all of what you're talking about would would be would be a good thing. Um, the um, but yeah, it, and it is. Um, and honestly, I, I I I've never found the film to safe to be boring. I could <laughs> see why people would find it boring, but I I have never found it to be boring. Um, it does, however, um, touch upon one of the criticisms that, that I have about mental health treatment and apparently this perspective shared by others as well, is that how cold and clinical and sterile right. it felt. And, and that showed through in the, in the film also mm-hmm. with a lot of the very um, meticulous set design and, and how... Mm-hmm. You know whether it's her her teal couch or whether it's um, I think one of her friends in the kitchen. There's like all these cups that are like perfect color coordination yes. of, of all these cups and stuff like that. So where, everything is perfectly yeah. quaffed and aligned. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is um, 
definitely. Um, but it, it absolutely is like a perfect medium between the environmental issues that you're talking about and the mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And there aren't that many films I can think of that, you know, cover both bases as well as this one does. I hundred percent agree because I, um, I had read that this was a, a scary movie mm-hmm. and the way that I can watch scary movies I have learned is if I just look up the entire plot ahead of time and read it. And that way, when I, when I watch it, I'm not so scared. Yeah. yeah. But for me doing that ahead of time was really nice because it allowed me to pick apart the filming in a lot of ways, because it does, again, going back to how they never really say for sure, if it, what the issue, true issue is, Mm -hmm. there are so many parts of the movie where she is so alone. Mm -hmm. Like she can't even talk on her own at one point. Like she goes to a, a big group meeting and her husband has to speak for her. But at the same time, they're also showing the perm chemicals, the cleaning chemicals, all the painting, all the fumigating, all the car exhaust. They, they do an excellent, excellent job of really not answering the question. Is it the chemicals or is it her, her own isolation, her own lack of direction, her own anxieties, whatever, whatever's going on mm-hmm. with her internally, you know? Do you think there's a risk of people watching this movie and seeing that it's set in the 1980s and therefore concluding that, oh, well, this was only, in a, you know, this is like a bygone era in the past. And then therefore they don't really, you know what I mean? As opposed to if it were some person, did you, do you think that's a risk in the film I- by setting it? In the 80s? No, I thought the themes were very timeless okay. because I I think I mean of course there's always there's always going to be exceptions to the rule but I think most people are aware the environment is in trouble and yeah. I think most people are becoming more and more aware that like mental health issues are yeah. present uh-huh. and more common than you would think uh-huh. and um so no I, I thought it was pretty timeless and also going to like even if you're talking about the horror quote unquote horror movie yeah, aspects yeah. of it, like, you know, there's a lot of talk of health gurus and of, of mm-hmm. cults and of yeah. um, b- like Instagram personalities. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you yeah. could have inserted the, the guy that she ends up kind of following. Mm-hmm. You yeah. could have put in, you know, a, a multi-level marketing yeah. diet pill in there and it would have kind of filled the same purpose. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of timeless themes to it, I think. Yeah. Well, one, and, and it's funny you mention that because one of the, um, I don't want to use the word disturbing, but I guess if the word applies, I'll, I'll use it. <laughs> um, one of the, one of the disturbing things that I've noticed in, uh, in a lot of advocacy for the SMI serious mental illness or serious mentally ill is that there is a segment in the SMI advocacy community, for lack of a better word, who takes the word of a TV doctor, and I'll put that in quotes, Yeah. over the word of someone like Dr. Fauci, over the word, you know, over, uh, over the word of, of any number of different qualified doctors. Mm-hmm. And so what that's, what that's done is it's further compromised, the, the immunity that's already compromised by a lot of people, because yeah. They get, you know, granted that they recover in many cases, many times they don't, but, but the fact that the, um, the herd immunity or, or whatnot, that it, it's further delayed because someone decides that 
COVID's not real or it's just worse than the flu. And I just find that that dichotomy interesting. Like on one hand, the treatment of mental illness should be very fact-based, evidence-based, you know, very, you know, um, false, what's that word? Uh, falsifiable or the, the term? That, oh, uh, um, yeah. Um, yeah. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, so all mental health treatment should be in that, that standard, but yet there seems to be like some loophole for COVID. And I never, yeah. that just, I just find that, you know, odd that, oh, well, we're going to care about evidence-based treatment. Oh, but by the way, don't worry about that mask and don't worry about, you know, the you know, it's right. not, 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 nothing to see here, move along. So you know what I mean? It just seems like a huge contradiction. There are, so another great podcast, I would call it almost a podcast resource, yeah. even though it's much more in the comedy realm or the uh, fact-finding realm is called mm-hmm. Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, it's uh, these two people who were raised very, well, one of them was raised very religious, one of them became and then not became very religious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, they go and uh their tagline is investigating claims of uh spirituality the paranormal uh i don't remember exactly which is so funny because i've listened to them for years you'd think i'd remember it by now but they they go investigate claims of spirituality the paranormal health gurus diets Mm -hmm. i mean they go like they're mormon for a few months they go and do like ayahuasca retreats they do so all almost sorts like, of stuff almost like that that Penn and teller show they did a few years ago. yeah but a lot i mean the Penn and teller one was a little bit um theirs is just truly undercover investigative they don't necessarily not, prove not or as, disprove anything they just as, kind of go and check in, it out so not as in your face as the Penn and teller one was yes exactly <laughs> okay. definitely i mean some of the stuff you can straight yeah. up investigate and figure out if it's true like when they yeah. investigate some like medical devices they can look into what the device says it does and whether or not it's true but of course when you're talking about ghosts can you really disprove a ghost so that's where it gets a little yeah wavy but um from my like very armchair research of health gurus and um this like anti-covid science sentiment and the anti-science sentiment that's been coming out and one of the big issues one of the many issues is um the gurus can never do anything wrong. And the people who are against the gurus, even if they say one thing that is wrong, mm-hmm. that means everything is wrong. So, you know, if, if, um, you know, Prince, Prince avocado toast mm-hmm. is your guru. I don't, I'm just making that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he points out one thing that Dr. Fauci got wrong once that is like truly something he got wrong. Mm-hmm. Instead of being treated like a person who sometimes get things wrong, it means everything Dr. Fauci has ever said is wrong. Yeah. And Do- Pr- Prince Avocado Toast is always correct yeah. because he's our guru. Yeah. You know, so if you ever find yourself in a situation where someone is pointing out one or a, even a handful of things that mm-hmm. someone got wrong mm-hmm. as a way of saying that everything they say is wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would squint at that even if somebody said that about like somebody that I really admired or really hated. If somebody was like, ah, this person you hate said one thing wrong. And I'd be like, yeah. well, they've probably said some stuff, right? A, a yeah. broken clock, you know what I mean? Is yeah. right twice a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm fine with uh, Carol, the, the Julian Moore character going mm-hmm. to where she went. I, I really am. You know, if, yeah. if that what brings her peace, that's what brings her peace. Um, I do have reservations though, when it becomes, you know, when it's given the same level 
of validity and acceptability as other more evidence-based areas of treatment. That's yeah. where I have an issue with. I don't, I, I don't think anybody would really say, no, you can't go to Runwood. You, no, no, nobody would really say that. Um, this is, like I said, I, I, see, I see more of that going on probably in the last 10 years than, than, I'm, than I ever thought I would, that I ever thought I would see. Yeah, I mean, because there are places, there are places like Renwood in in real life. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's lots of, you know, health retreats and stuff that for me, as my armchair viewing Mm -hmm. on, I mean, again, my background is not mental health, but Mm -hmm. it's one of the questions that I definitely had watching it is what is the the success rate of the program? Like when people go to the program, do they ever leave? If they never leave, that's a problem. You know what I mean? If they leave and they have tools, yeah, maybe it's not so bad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's a question that's never um, fully, fully addressed. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Was there anything else that, that stuck out at you when you, when you were watching the film, anything that kind of just, Left I mean, you, going. so much. I mean, I, I yeah. like I said, I got I got five pages of notes on this. <laughs> I mean, you know, because it it really is kind of timeless. There's a lot of stuff yeah, they talk about is. where it's like, you know, she goes on a very special diet, right? She goes on the rare fruit diet or the fruit yeah. only diet, and like, oh man, I knew so many people in high school who went on very fancy special diets yeah. and her like pile of vitamins that she's taking, and she yeah. never tells her doctor about that, which mm-hmm. on it makes me very sad because. Yeah. You need to tell your doctor if you're taking vitamins. <laughs> there exactly, are exactly. drug interactions with vitamins. There are vitamins and that even, are even, not well tested, you know? Yeah, even over-the-counter stuff too, mm-hmm. also. Yes. And yeah, I mean, in terms of mental health, I guess the thing that really stuck out to me the most, well, there were two. One was, you know, where where do you draw the line mm-hmm. on your chemical concerns? That's not a I think anything that anybody has the answer to, except for, you know, what your, your tolerance for it is. If you're reading so much of it, that it is inhibiting your ability to have a healthy life mentally, then obviously that's too much, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing was kind of this, I I almost want to call it like placebo effect question, which is what we were just talking about. Like Mm -hmm. if you go to one of these retreats and you know, they tell you we're going to douse you in a salt bath and it's going to cure everything wrong with you. And it, and it works. Like you get doused in a salt bath and it works. Is, is it inherently bad to, yeah. to do? I mean, it's bad to do that. Obviously if it's like, this will cure your cancer and then you yeah. n- never do radiation therapy. But if you just have sort of Victorian era or like fifties housewife era, like I feel sick, <laughs> just generally hand on yeah. forehead across your chase lounge sick. Yeah. And you do one of these things, like if it makes you feel better, yeah. is that bad? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and obviously we, 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 as we wind down um, today, I, I do want to emphasize, we, we definitely want everyone listening to feel better, you know, wh- yes. whatever your situation is and, and some of the resources um, that, that would help do that. Um, you, I know that there's uh, mental health, America, MHA national.org. It's also NAMI national Alliance on mental illness NAMI.org. Uh, there's also maddenamerica.com, some people have mentioned. Uh, there's also your your uh, podcast, the No Railings podcast as well. 
Yeah, I mean, we're we're more of a you know we talk funny things about movies. Yeah, like so one of our yeah. our topics is like, can you blow up a tornado like they do in Sharknado? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. that's more of our wheelhouse. Yeah. I mean, I do yeah. have a couple other resources yeah. people could look up if they're curious. Um, if you have concerns about chemicals or something in your environment, um, there are a lot of ways that you can get it evaluated or tested or looked at. Um, start with your local health departments, your local public health department. If you just Google your county name, public health department, something should come up or your state name, public health yeah. department. Local is almost always the way to go. Like they're usually in my limited experience, very yeah. happy to help people. Um, there are national programs as well the agency for toxic substances and diseases registry a mouthful but that's a government agency <laughs> that has yeah. a lot of uh interesting you know big ideas about chemical safety mm -hmm. um you know living a little bit more sustainably is just good for your everybody i think as long as it's not causing you stress anyway you don't have to if you accidentally use a plastic bag once it's fine but you know trying to you know use vinegar to clean your windows or Stuff like that um, can be a it's how one of the ways I put myself at ease when I get anxiety about yeah. the environment is I, you know, try to figure out one or two things I can do to just make things a little bit better. Because if everybody does a little tiny bit, uh -huh. there are seven billion people. You know, that's everybody doing a tiny bit leads to massive yeah. change. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm definitely one, one of you know, mentioned what you had mentioned um, earlier that the, you know, sustainability action is mental health action. Mm -hmm. You know, it, le it leads to, you know, better mental health <laughs> conditions <laughs> for everyone. So that's, that's definitely good news for yes. everyone who might be, again, if I'm listening, this is not bad news we're talking about. This is no. definitely good news that we're talking about. There's so much, so much good news that, you know, it is being talked about and, and it is on, on, on the radar more than, um, than it used to be. So, yes. uh, but lots of good stuff here today. So, um, Molly, thank you so much for, for being here today. I appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. And uh, thank you to those of you at home or at work, wherever you may be. Um, stay safe, everyone. And uh, talk, talk to you next time. Great. Bye.